We're in this series called Selfless. And, and what is that all about? Well, Jesus said that if you truly want to follow him, that, that you've got to choose to live a selfless life. Right? What comes naturally to us is living a self-focused or a selfish life. And God is saying, we've got to live a selfless life. Jesus said in, in Matthew 16, um, he made it like just absolutely crystal clear. There's no way you can kind of interpret it in any other way than what he said. He says to his disciples, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross, experience it as your own, as you continually surrender to my ways. That's what it means to follow Jesus, is to continually surrender uh, to his ways. And uh, last week, you know, what I said was, I just, wanted you to encourage, I just wanted to encourage you to just join me on this journey to, to in a greater way, just surrender, continually surrender your life um, over uh, to God and live a selfless life. And to do that, we're going to need each other. We're going to need encouragement and we're going to need prayer. And so, you know, as we kind of talk about that today, let's take a, um, let's take a moment just to, to pray and ask God for some help, all right? So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you've given us this precious word, which is your word, the Bible, and that we can know about your ways. We can know you through your word. And we also thank you for the Holy Spirit who illumines our minds and our eyes that we can see beyond what we can see and that through the Holy Spirit that, that we can hear and we can receive spirit to spirit uh, what you are saying to us as you illumine your word. And so, Father, we just pray that today, today we would hear your words clearly and uh, that you would encourage us that you would give us courage to follow you, to truly follow you, to follow your son, the Lord Jesus. And so we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the heart of a selfless life really means that um, it's loving God and loving others first. That's what it means. And that's why the greatest commandments Jesus said is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, everything else, all the, the laws of the prophets and all the other things fall under that. That that's the heart of it. That, that if you want to follow me, if you, you want to live your life according to the way God designed you to, it's to put yourself third. It, it's to be selfless and make the primary focus of your life loving God with everything you got and then loving others. And, you know, that's, that's not easy. And when we think about that, one of the hardest parts about following and loving God and loving others first is, is, is one of the hardest things for, for many followers of Jesus is what? It, it's, it's sharing the good news about Jesus with others, right? That's hard, you know? Um, I like to say, you know, the, the gospel, we said the gospel of Jesus, the gospel really means good news, right? And and so we're to go out and share the good news. I just call it the best news because it really is the best news. And, and, and it's hard, you know. It's really, really, really hard. And it's hard. 
I think, one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons why it's hard, because, because we have fear when we come, when it comes to sharing. We're, we're afraid that we might offend people. You know, we, we might offend people or, or we, we're, we're afraid we might not know how to share or we might not know enough. And what if they ask us a question and we don't know what, um, how to answer that? Or, or we're afraid of what others might think about us. You know, or we're afraid of being rejected. You know, we don't want to like, oh, you know, and we don't want that. And we don't want to offend people. You know, and, and, and we're really conscious of what others think about us. You know, that's just this natural thing that we have. And then all that fear makes it hard to do what God's called us to do. You know, every year we, we've been trying to go to um, uh, one of Kirk Cousins' um, football games. So one year, I think the first year that we went, when he was still at Washington, we went to um, a game in Arizona. We try to choose one on the West Coast because then, you know, my daughter is living in Los Angeles, so we can kind of, you know, do that. And which, what we do, okay, for all of you to know and for it to be on a recorded record, we go to Los Angeles to visit my daughter first. That is primary. And then if we have chance, we go to the game. To which my daughter goes, sometimes she's wondering, like, do you go to the game? And, oh, you see me on the side. No, it's to see daughter first. All right. So anyway, we went to Arizona. <clears throat> went to the game. And when you go, everybody just comes with stuff on. I mean, not, not just clothes. Because we all got, I mean, not, not that. But they come with, like, team colors and all that stuff. So we went there. And, and Joe had a, I got Joe uh, uh, this redskin shirt thing and all that. And I, and I had one, but mine was, was less noticeable. Maybe it would have like a logo here or something, right? And uh, we walk in and we sit down and um, we, we're, we're in the stands and there's all Cardinal fans all around us, right? And they're cheering and, and it's loud. And, you know, it's like, I was kind of nervous because I'm thinking, I, I can't cheer for the Redskins because they're like, all the, the enemies right around me, right? And, uh, you know, so I'm kind of nervous and I'm just sitting there and watching and, 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 and my wife is like, man, why don't you, like, uh, why, how can you so quiet? And I said, well, no, I'm watching the game, you know, because I didn't want, you know, when, when the, you know, when Kirk throws the pass, they make a first down, I want to go, yes, but I just go, Watching the game, you know, watching other people, you know, and then when something happens and a, the, the ref makes a good call, which they think is a bad call, boo, they, you know, boo, and I, like, they look at me like, yeah, you know, just, and I'm watching the game. Well, I don't know when it was, but after the game has started, um, um, this woman walks in and sit next, sits next to Joe, right? And she sits next to, to Joe. And she sits down. First thing she goes, let's go, cowboy. I mean, let's go. Oh, sorry. I saw, I saw John there. Not cowboy. I can't believe I even said that. I can't believe those words, let's go, and cowboys were in the same sentence out of my mouth. Strike that from the audio. Okay. She comes in and she goes, let's go, redskins. And she's yelling, right? And I'm like, oh, no, what are people going to think? And then, but, but Joe, she was emboldened, and so... These two women are cheering on the Redskins. And all through the game, I'm thinking, oh, man, what are people going to think, you know? And, and I was being a chicken, you know? Even though I'm never going to see those people again, 
right? And it's just a game. And who cares if I, you know, cheered for one team? Or I mean, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. But even at a football game like that, man, I was really intimidated, you know? And so often, that's kind of how it is, that, that, that we don't want to offend or we don't want people to think of us in a certain way. But if we truly want to follow Jesus, that, that and, and here's the thing, if we truly want to love God and we want to love people, the people in our lives, the people around us, that, that if we really truly wanted to do that and if we truly love people, we would boldly share the good news of Jesus with them. Right? I mean, think about it. Right? If we really love someone, wouldn't we want to share with them the best news we've ever had in our lives? You know, wouldn't we? You know? and, and the thing is, we need to have a different perspective. Right? We just need to have a different perspective. That, that if we approach sharing with this self-focused kind of viewpoint, you know, too, too often the risk is going to be too high compared to the reward. You know, the risk of going out there, looking bad, being rejected for something and a reward that really isn't guaranteed at all. We're going to look at it like, man, risk-reward, risk too high. Risk too high. You know, but but if, if we looked at it from a selfless viewpoint and with a heart to love God and to love others, then the risk of rejection, you know, I mean, it's so minuscule compared to the reward that, that this person would come to know the God who created them and begin to live a life that will go on, that will start, start now, and would go on through all eternity. That, that, that there's something of an eternal value here. That, that the, the, the reward of that, that so outweighs whatever risk. Because what could be the worst thing that could happen to us, right? Compared to the best thing that could happen. And the exciting thing is that when we choose to, to take a selfless step of faith, God will give us everything we need to share. I mean, he does, and he does that all the time. And, and sharing the good news of Jesus really is that important because that is the only thing that we get to share. And I'm not talking about preaching or guilting or pounding or doing. I'm just talking about sharing. How do you share? How do you share the, the great news you have that you just went to this great restaurant that you liked, that you want to share that with me? How, how do you share seeing a movie that you like? Sharing something that, that you really enjoyed, that you want me to enjoy. It's a sharing. And, and the thing is, the thing is, is that that is the one thing that we can share with somebody that has an eternal value. There's nothing else that has an eternal value. This is the only thing. And, and I want you to consider a real key truth about all of us, right? That we share boldly with others 
when we really believe what we're saying, or when we're really passionate about something, and when we really care about the person we're sharing something with. With, with that kind of motivation, we boldly share stuff. Now, this morning, came in, and um, Pauline Shimabukuro, she's right back there. She's our service director, and, and she was waiting for me to come. She was just so excited. Like, like when I came, she said, oh, look, there he is. No, she didn't do that. But, but she goes, guess what? I went to, this, went to this place called the Vintage Cave Place, right? And then she began to share, you know, there's these, these things, and you get tokens, and you get credits, and you get that. And at the bottom, at the end of the day, she said, as weird as it sounds, she didn't pay anything for the meal they had because of this machine they had. And you can talk to her after, right? She didn't pay a cent for this high tea thing, which that doesn't thrill me because high tea, you know, for me, I'm not eating watercress sandwiches without crust, you know, that's, but, but she said, I didn't pay anything for the meal. And then they gave us credit. Then we went to Shirokia and then you got a whole bunch hunk of money to spend at Shirokia. So they paid you to go and eat at their restaurant. How is that even possible? I don't know. But Pauline couldn't wait to tell me the great news. Why? Because that was like just great news. And why? Because Pauline wanted me to, 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 to experience the blessing that she did. And she shared boldly. She didn't go like, oh, Mark, I don't know. Let me, you know, I, you know you, I don't want you to get offended, but I want to share this. You know, you might get a free meal. You know, I hope you don't get, you know, right? I don't know if you guys experienced the vintage cave thing, but, but, but if that intrigues you somehow, see Pauline. Okay. But Pauline, maybe I shouldn't have said nothing because now everybody's going to go and I'm not going to, no. But, but see Pauline because I still don't know exactly how that all worked. She explained it really well, but I'm thinking, how can a restaurant pay you to go and then give you extra money to go somewhere else? There's, there's, there's got to be a catch in there. You didn't have to go to an art presentation about like timeshares or I don't, you know, something. But see, Pauline, because that's what she said. Anybody else? That's what happens. See, Pauline. Okay. Yeah, okay, so see? see the, and if, if Dave says so, that's, that's a little more credibility than me saying so. So, all right. Okay, but, but we, we share things. Um, we, we boldly share with others when we really believe something and what we're saying and, and when we... Are, are really passionate about something and when we really care about the person we're sharing this with, you know? And, and that's true, you know? We, we just naturally do that. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you to take a selfless step of faith in love and obedience to God and start making it a priority to share the great news, the best news of Jesus with others. Because, because really and truly, that's the most loving thing we can do. It's the most loving thing we can share with the people around you, right? And I wanted to, to just highlight just a couple instances and people in the Bible who took a step of selfless, uh, a really a real selfless uh, step of faith. They went beyond their fear and they went and got bold, all right? So the first one is the disciples after Jesus was crucified. They went from fear to boldness. Okay, so Jesus gets crucified. John 20, 19, that evening, disciples gathered together. 
And because they were afraid of reprisals from the Jewish leaders, they locked the doors to the place where they met. Jesus had just died. They go, oh, no, man, we're messed. We're screwed up. We're, oh, man, we, we're going to die. Right? They're afraid now because they're identified as followers of Jesus. So they're all afraid. Lock the door. All right? Jesus suddenly appears among them. It comes right through. Okay, the risen Jesus resurrected right, after he was crucified. Peace to you. Shows the wounds in his hand and his side. And they were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. Jesus repeated the greeting. Peace to you. Interesting, right? They're afraid. They're afraid. He doesn't come in and say, how's it, guys? Peace to you. And then again he says, hey, peace to you. All right? And he told them, just as the Father has sent me, now I'm sending you. And taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins, and the people's sins will be forgiven. He said, I give you guys a mission. That, 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 that if you guys go out and begin to share about the forgiveness of sins and people grab hold of that, their sins are going to be forgiven. And then he says this, but, but if you don't, if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of their sins, they're going to be stuck. They're going to be stuck in their sin. They're going to remain guilty. Jesus knew that they were afraid. Yeah. He met them where they were. He encouraged them to move beyond their fears, to go out and share. But he also gave them what they needed. They needed, they needed the strength and the power and the assurance and the help of the Holy Spirit. And he gave them the Holy Spirit. And, and it's like he says, man, if you guys don't go out, the people around you will never be free from the penalty of sin. It is that important. And so now, I know you're afraid. Peace. Peace to you. And I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. Now go. After Jesus ascended into heaven, we see the disciples do just that? Did they cower in fear or did they move forward in faith? Acts 2, now it's down in the book of Acts, Acts 2, 14, 15. Peter steps forward with the 11 other apostles. And this is right after Pentecost and the Holy Spirit was given to all the people there in the upper room and was causing a like, what is going on? Are those guys drunk? And Peter, who weeks before behind his locked door, afraid for his life, steps forward, shouts to the crowd, right? There's some boldness there. Listen carefully, all of you. Fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for all of that, right? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, begins to boldly address not just a couple of people, this whole crowd that was there. You know? The results, Acts 2, 41. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. He proclaimed the good news of Jesus and the forgiveness of their sins, 
And that day, that moment, because Peter stepped out in boldness, 3,000 people were set free. Acts 4, 1 through 4. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests and the captains of the temple guard and some of the Sadducees, and these leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people through Jesus that there's a resurrection of the dead. So what did they do? They arrested them. And, they, and, and since it was already evening, they put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed. So the number of men who believed now totaled 5,000. It's growing. They're continuing to share. Now they're in the midst of all this. They were afraid. They're continuing. They're getting arrested and all that. But they continue to share. So much so that in verse 5, the next day the council of the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the religious law met in Jerusalem. And Annas, the high priest, was there along with Caiaphas and John and Alexander and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the disciples. By what power or in whose name have you done this? Then again, Peter. Now this is like they're arrested now. Right? Thrown in jail. They're, They're meeting the officials that could... Do whatever they wanted. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me state to you and all the people that he was healed how? In the, by the power of who? Of, and the powerful name of Jesus Christ. The man, and he goes on, right? The man you all crucified. I mean, he boldly shares. What happened? What happened? As they went out and continued to boldly share. In a matter of weeks, in Acts 5.28, in a matter of weeks, this is what happens. They're called back in. And they said, we gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name. But instead, you have filled all of Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us be responsible for his death. Friends, in, in weeks, they boldly shared. They went from cowering in a room with a locked door to a place where they went out and boldly shared so that they fill all of the city of Jerusalem with the teaching and the good news of Jesus. And God took them from fear to boldness. How? Because they took a selfless step of faith. Other group, followers of Jesus and the early church. Okay, you had the disciples and the followers of Jesus and the early church. Acts 8, a great wave of persecution began that day. It is after stoning of Stephen, that stuff. Sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem is growing. Right? All of Jerusalem have been filled with the teaching, and the church is growing. And all the believers, except the apostles, the persecution comes. People scatter. Right? All the believers, except for the apostles, were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Acts 8, 4. But the believers who were scattered, what did they do? They cowered in fear. No. 
They said, the believers who were scattered in Judea and Samaria and all over, even though they had this madman going about wanting to destroy them, they went out and preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. People listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their, um, their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lamed were healed. So there was great joy in that city. I find it really interesting, right? Jesus, before he ascended to heaven, he says, I want you guys to be my witnesses. I want you to go out in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the outermost parts of the world to share my good news. Persecution comes while they were in Jerusalem. And they could have dug out, ran to the high hills. But they scattered. Where did they go? Judea and Samaria. What did they do there? They did exactly what Jesus told them to do. Went out and preached. And the good news of Jesus just continued to spread. Why? Why? Because, because they had people. There were people. There were people who followed Jesus, who loved God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and they loved others as themselves. And they said, Jesus has called us to go. And it doesn't matter what we face. It doesn't matter what we encounter because God's going to be with us. No matter what happens to us, we have to do what God has called us to do. What is that all about? That's, that's a selfless life. They didn't care about themselves. They cared about others so much that they chose to go out. And what happened? Many people around the world began to hear the good news. And they were set free from their sin. And that they began to live a life that would go on for all eternity. And it went so far that it came all the way to the other side of the world, to all of us here. And we're recipients of that selfless step of faith that those believers took. We're the results of that. See, because becoming selfless and bold in sharing the best news about Jesus is is what God is calling us to do. And I want to exhort you that I am learning, I am growing, I need to get beyond my fears. And I need, to, I need to have a different perspective, a perspective that says, you know what? I'm not sharing this because I got, I'm not sharing this because, you know, I'm, I, gotta, I gotta preach and all these things to these people. No, I'm gonna share with them because I love them. You know, that, that I want to see every person I know receive the best news about Jesus, be freed from their sin, and begin to live a life that's going to go on forever, you know? And, and God is calling us to be a church that will take these selfless steps of faith. That that's who he's calling us to be. That's what KCF 2.0 is all about. That's why we're in the season we're in. That's why God is leading us to, to exhort, and he's exhorting us to begin to live a life beyond ourselves. So, so how, do we, how do we 
practically become more selfless and boldly share the best news about Jesus. You know, um, one thing we can do is spend more time with Jesus. Sounds weird, yeah? No. You want to get bold? You want to be bold, more bold? Spend more time with Jesus. Acts 4.13. The council members was astonished as they witnessed the bold courage. Right there, Peter and, and um, John, they're, you know, threatened the whole thing. They're astonished that they're bold, especially when they discovered that they were just what? Ordinary men who never had any religious training. Okay, All right? Then they began to understand what? They began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. It's as simple as that. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more your, 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 your perspective begins to change. Well, the more, it begins, the more time you spend with him, the more it begins to change. So my encouragement to you, spend time with, with Jesus in his word. Maybe this year, just go through the Gospels. Learn more about you. Spend time with Jesus every day. Your life will change. This is so important, so important that I said, you know what? After we finish with this short, selfless series, we're just going to go through the book of Mark because we've got to know Jesus. We've got to spend more time with him. So I ordered some study guides so you can follow along. And for the next 10 weeks after this series, we're just going to go through the book of Mark. For what purpose? So we can spend more time with Jesus. Right? So we can have a different perspective and live a more selfless life. So that's the first thing. Second thing is um, you spend more time with Jesus, and then, you know, you just ask God for more boldness. You have not because you ask not. Just ask. Acts 4.29. Acts 4, and now, O oh Lord, hear the threats. Okay, the, the believers are praying, right? These guys are threatening us. Um, will you hear our prayers, hear their threats, and give us your servants what? What did they ask for? Great boldness to do what? To preach your word. Ask God for the boldness to share. You know? And then be filled with the Holy Spirit and rely on his power working through you. Acts 4, 31. After they prayed, I'm waiting for that day. Tuesday, January 28th, I'm expecting the place to shake like this. Right? After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God, what? Boldly. Pray every day. Ask God, God, will you fill me with your boldness? Yeah? There was an old song we used to sing, more love, more power. That's what that's all about. Holy Spirit, give us more love, more power, and we're going to see God do stuff. And then the last thing is practice the model of evangelism that Jesus talked about in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 1 to 7. We call that prayer evangelism. Right? After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. They went out. He told them the harvest is plentiful, workers are few. You go out there. I'm going to send you guys out. Just go out. You've got to bring too much. Just go out there. And, 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 and when you enter a house, first thing you do is you just you speak peace to that house. That's the first thing you do. And if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, it says. Eat 
and drink whatever they give you for the worker deserves his wages. Don't move around from house to house. And he goes on. And, and that's kind of like prayer events. You just go there and you just bless. Where do you go? You go to work tomorrow. When you go there to work, say, Lord, will you just bless this? We speak peace to this workplace. We speak peace to this school. We speak peace to this community. We speak wherever you go. Right? And then you, you intentionally make an effort to get to know the people around you even more. Yeah. You eat and you drink with them. Just get to know them. And you know the funny thing is when you get to know people, you know, they begin to share stuff. They begin to share like just the, the challenges that they go through. And, and God is saying, you're salt. You know, I'm going to be in you. You're going to be, you're going to give, you're going to, you're going to be light to them. And, 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 and they're going to share and say, well, I'm, 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 I'm struggling with my relationship with my son. And so we bless. And then we fellowship. We just, we just get to know him better. And the third thing is we minister. Okay. Oh, you're in trouble with your son. You know what? Can, can, can I pray for you right now? And just pray, say, Lord, will you help this person in their relationship with their son? And then you say, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be praying for you. All right? And when you see them, you say, hey, how's it going with your son? Praying for you and your son. And when that person begins to say, you know what, hey, thanks for praying. I mean, things are, I don't know what happened, but things are better now. Then the fourth thing of prayer evangelism is then. Is, is proclaiming. Jesus says, then you proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what you do is say, you know, guys, I, it wasn't really me. I'm just praying. God loves you so much that he wants you to have a great relationship with your son. And you think, it's God doing this. And then you just share all the things that God has done in your life. You're being his witness. And then you share, you know, it's all about Jesus for me. And you share the good news about Jesus. I love that. I don't got to go knock on the door. Hi, my name is Mark, you know. And, uh, you know, um, if you die today, do you know if you're going to go to heaven or hell? Oh, you know, you know, I don't have to go and go to Alamana, canvas around. Oh, look, there's someone sitting by the fountain. Hi, if you die to know, do you know, die today, do you know where you, I don't got to do none of that stuff. I don't got to, I, I just, I just got to love people and get to know people. And say, God, whatever way you want, use me. You know? Because if you put so-and-so in my life and there's a need, God, I, I just want to be a conduit of your love and your healing and your blessing. And then when God does something, you just share what God did. And you share the good news about Jesus. That's sharing the good news about Jesus boldly. See? Choosing to be selfless is loving God and loving others before yourself. And one of the ways we do that is we share the best news, the, the one piece, the one good news that has eternal value. We go out and boldly share that. We do that by blessing, fellowshipping with people, ministering, and then sharing with them the good news. I want to tell you guys that this is so, so important. There's nothing more important than this. And one of the reasons why this is important, it's just really on my heart, is because 
Because life is fragile. We don't know how long we're going to be here on planet Earth. And we don't know how long others will. Um, some of you all know. Because it, it just, this week, man, God just made that even clearer for me in my heart. It's been a tough week for me and for, for some of you. It's an even tougher week for Sandra Olivares, who, you know, our good friend Sonny Olivares um, went home to heaven on Thursday. And, you know, he, 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 he fought the good fight and, and, and he trusted God from beginning to end. He said, God, I'm, I'm asking you to heal. And we, a bunch of you and I, we, we prayed for healing. And three years ago, he had a prognosis that, that started getting your papers in order because, you know, the end's near. And, and, and he said, you got about six months. Well, he hit the six months, he hit the year, and he told me, hey, Mark, you know what? This is all, like, this is all gravy now because I, you know, I, I've, I've gone beyond the expiration, my expiration date. And three years later, God said, you ran the good race. It's time to come home. And on Thursday, 7.15 in the morning, with his family around him, um, Sonny took his last breath here, but his first, first breath in heaven. And, and he said, like I shared with, with you all a week or so ago, he said he felt closest to God when he was worshiping. And all I could picture when I saw Sonny there, the body, his body there, I said, man, you know, he, he is now worshiping, you know, in the presence of the God that we worship here on Sunday mornings. I mean, face to face, he sees the God that we've been worshiping and talking about and praying. I mean, he, he's there. And, he, and, he, and he's there in his home that Jesus had gone before to prepare the way for him to be in that home. And man, it's, it's, it's sad as heck, I got to tell you, you know. And like my wife always says, you know, so happy for them, so sad for the people left behind. But we're not people without hope because there is a reunion. And when I think of Sonny, I'm thinking, what would have happened if no one ever shared with him, you know, the good news about Jesus, right? What would have happened? What would have happened if no one shared with Sandra and Micah and Malachi? I mean, what kind of hope do they have today if no one ever shared with them? I, think, I can't imagine. Jesus said, I want you guys to, to dispense my hope in this world. That's why you're created. You know, that, that, that if you would begin to do that, you, you'll experience everything you need and more. But that's why you're here. You're not here to make this your home because I got a way better place for you that Jesus has been preparing for you. But I got a mission for you. And there, you and I both know there is a heck of a lot of sunny Oliveris all around us. And God's calling us. God, call, God is calling us to go and share. And when you have that perspective, 
risk-reward. I mean, how much risk is that compared to the reward? You know? And I am, I could tell, I, I'm really sad. I mean, it was tough. I, I, you know, I, I was really sad. I'm really sad about, I'm going to miss, I'm really going to miss my friend Sonny. I'm going to miss going back there at that soundboard. And uh, he's all nervous as it is already. And, and I, I just miss just playing with his mind. Trying to fuss with knobs. Don't touch anything. You know, I, or I tell him, hey, you know what? We got six videos and we need five mics today. What? And stress them out. You know, and we always joke, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss son. I'm going to miss his laugh. I miss his laugh. Those of you who know Sonny, close your eyes, and if you heard that, Sonny's here. The Sonny would laugh. And the great thing about Sonny is he laughed, a hearty laugh. And he, he was such an intelligent man, such a sharp man, that he laughed at every humorous thing that I say. <laughs> and he'd encourage all of you, get with it, laugh, right? I am really sad, but, but, I am, I am far more happy. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. I don't mean to guilt you into anything. I'm not, really. I'm just sharing with you how important this is. I don't want you to feel condemned or pressured. I just want all of us to grow in our love, our love for people. And I just want us to grow in our love for God, that we can do what he's called us to do. He's going to give us everything we need, and that we're going to love people enough to give them the one piece of great news that's going to go on for all eternity. You know, I've got to get better at this. I've got to be more bold. And I just want to encourage you, just kind of join me on this. You know, let's grow in this together. Let's encourage each other in this, all right? Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. Father, I can't help but thinking that you, we love because you first love us. And Father, I pray that, that, that even now, you would just fill us, fill us, fill us with your love. That you would speak to our souls and our spirits right now, just, just reinforcing just how much you love us. That you love us so much. And maybe that's where it starts for some of us, that, that you've come to church, you know, you've, you've done things, you know, you've heard a lot, but you've never really accepted the good news about Jesus yourself. And maybe today that's kind of where it starts, that you say maybe for the first time you say, you know, oh, okay, I think I get it now. Jesus came to come, and, and, and he came and was sent by God the Father to come and, and be the sacrifice for my sins, that he died on that cross for me to pay the penalty for my sins so that with his death my sins are forgiven and just as you have raised him to life that through his sacrifice and his resurrection and, and, and his, his blood that we would be raised up into new life and you say that we would have everlasting life because of Jesus I get that and today, I just make that decision. Jesus, just be my Savior. Just pray, God. Jesus, be my Savior. 
and I choose to be your follower. I just choose the best I can starting today. I want to learn how to follow you with all of my heart. Will you just lead and will you guide me? You know, if that's you, just pray that today. Nothing is more important than that. And then for all of us, Father, I pray. Fill us more with your love for you and for others that we would go out and to share with love and with boldness the best news about Jesus with the people around us. And we thank you that all we have to do is take that selfless step of faith and you're going to give us everything we need. I pray this week that we would go out and we would go out wherever we go, we pray peace and blessings to our workplaces, family, wherever we are, that we'll begin to understand, oh yeah, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love these people enough. I'm going to love people enough to get to know them better. And when needs arise, Father, I'm going to love them enough to minister in whatever way I can. And I'm just going to pray that God would meet them where they're at. And when God, you meet them where they're at, that I'm going to be bold enough to proclaim how much you love them and share with them the good news about Jesus. Help us, Lord, this week. In Jesus' name, amen.